Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. We're at uh, Peel Faulkner Park today. Uh, we were supposed to have opening day on Wednesday, but some things changed. Uh, opening day at Peel Faulkner Park, I believe, will be next week now. Uh, but a lot of change at this facility in the last year. Yeah, uh, if you are a fan of the Martinsburg Bulldogs, you are in for quite a treat. Uh, new stadium seats, uh, not every seat, obviously, but you know a good majority of it has those new stadium seats that you can see right now uh, from Gerald Wright's camera. An all-turf field officially, so last year is just an all-turf infield. Now the entire field is turf so well no it was an all it was a home plate right yeah yeah yeah. that's that's all infield turf uh not the outfield yet we'll have to ask about that later on in the show uh but uh some headlines from over the weekend as uh, we saw in the quad a state basketball tournament spring mills girls fall kyla nanders named to the all tournament team her 41 points over those two games got her on the list and uh you know she's only a sophomore nick yeah, she had a great run down there at the state tournament, a part of a really talented Spring Mills team that's going to continue to do, I think, big things in the EPAC. Um, you know, a young team uh, with a lot of talent, a team that's made some runs here the last couple of years. Um, unfortunately for them, they came up short against you know the number one player in the state, Alexis Bradis, and that uh, Wheeling Park team. But um, they gave a battle, you know, and they had that game uh, in control at one point, up 19 points, but kind of fell apart down the stretch. Uh, but I think as they continue to get better, and Dandridge kind of leading that group along with Bull Duke and uh, Reagan Edsel, Corinne Edsel, all returning, uh, that's quite the team. So I think they'll be one of the favorites next year, not only in the EPAC, but potentially in the state as well. Yeah, Morgantown girls ended up winning the Quad A tournament. The boys are probably favored as the number one seed. Uh, but two area teams will be going down there. Actually, both on their way. Hedgesville traveled down yesterday. Their game is tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Um, but then uh, Jefferson left this morning. Their game will be at 1 p.m. tomorrow. So that will be something we'll talk about on tomorrow's show, obviously. And uh, some other headlines, WV Men's Hoops, they're officially going dancing as the number nine seed in the south region in Birmingham, Alabama. They'll take on number eight Maryland that game. Thursday at 12.15. We'll have special coverage for the Mountaineer Sports Network on Thursday. Uh, and then we'll have the rest of the NCAA tournament from Westwood 1 all day long following the Mountaineer game. We're to go in and out of the best games uh, in the day. Uh, but that 8-9 matchup between Maryland and WVU should be a good one, Nick. It's a great matchup. You know, a big rivalry on the football side of things. Not so much in basketball, but two pretty close schools uh, going at it in terms of uh, – region you know similar fan bases here in the eastern panhandle i mean you got maryland fans you got wvu fans so it should be a pretty fun uh matchup in terms of you know the atmosphere i would expect to be pretty good down there in birmingham uh, between those two teams and then on paper it's two physical basketball teams that uh, play very similar styles and have very similar seasons when you look at their resumes entering the tournament. So it's your classic 8-9. You know, it should be a really good game. Uh, those ones usually are, and uh, I'm definitely excited about it. 
And uh, some other news coming around from teams that we cover here. The Commanders, Deron Payne, they reach an agreement after he was placed the franchise tag on and didn't have to sign the franchise tag. This freed up some salary cap. He's now the second highest paid defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald. Uh, four years, $90 million deal, $60 million guaranteed. It's, I believe $10 million on the cap, which goes down from the uh, the franchise tag, which would be nine. That's big for them. That's a lot of money to spend on a defensive tackle. But they're not paying the franchise tag, so that could help later on. And the Nationals, they make a big extension over the weekend. They uh, sign uh, catcher Caber Ruiz to an eight-year extension with club options for nine and year ten, uh, which uh, keeping some consistency there for a young guy at a, at a pretty good rate, I believe. Uh, annual value is about $7 million, uh, and later on. But, I mean, an eight-year extension where they can lock up a young guy and – He's uh, contract only guarantees fifty million dollars, which is it's pretty hefty discount for you see what the baseball contracts you see nowadays for a pretty decent catcher. Yeah, and that's always the tough decision that the organizations have to make, and also the player has to make. Do they want to bet on themselves and kind of go through arbitration where they're not going to get paid as much right away, but down the line have a chance at a bigger contract, or do you take your long contract now, get that kind of guaranteed money? Uh, up front, but it may not be as much money as you're worth, you know, in three to four years when you're done with arbitration. So, you know, that's kind of the risk that you run on both sides. But I think for the Nationals, it's a beneficial move there to sign Caber Ruiz um, to a deal that, you know, gets him locked up for the next eight years and you don't have to pay him the big bucks right away. All right. Well, let's take our first break of the day segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to Hagerstown. Ford.com. For more on the other side of this break, we'll be joined by Martinsburg baseball head coach Aaron Byler and American Legion Post 14 manager Trip Tobin to talk about the uh, the upgrades here at P.O. Faulkner Park. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Back to the Brett Twig hitting facility here at P.O. Faulkner Park. Spencer Fuidnick versus Lini, happy to have you with us. We're now joined by Martinsburg baseball head coach Aaron Byler along with Berkeley Post 14 Hornets manager Trip Tobin. And you guys have done a lot of work here at the field. Last year we had seen some work, uh, turfed uh, the home plate area along with the pitcher's mound and then uh, – now a lot more it kind of looks like we're at a low d1 baseball facility here with uh the stadium seating as well as the upgraded the cement all around now and the turf whole turfed infield along with just the various upgrades around the park and coach byler obviously this is your home facility here during the epac season uh and from what we understand you guys got a lot of help from the community yeah i'll I'll let trip talk you know about the most as he was kind of the you know, he kind of went to meeting after meeting and begged and begged and pleaded. And, you know, it just all comes down to the great relationship that we established with Legion several years ago. And by being able to have that relationship, you know, two entities is coming together for one project is always better than one. And we wouldn't have been able to have a lot of the things we have here without uh, Post 14 Legion and without this guy sitting to the left of me. So we're we're grateful. Trip? Oh, yeah. I mean, the project was... Um you know, something we'd looked at, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, a dream, you know, wish list item. I think when we, I think when we sat in the clubhouse and first talked about it, I gave it 6%. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think you know. I think you have to do do a little bit of history with the Legion as we come back into the area and restarted the Legion. We didn't have a home field, and you know, so we had to go around to different fields. And I think our first season we played maybe 10, 11 home games. Split that amongst. Uh, Hedgesville, Martinsburg, Musselman, and I think we played a game down at Jefferson. Um, so we didn't – each each year you come into January, you don't have a home field, so you don't even know if you can have a team because it's impossible to have a team without a field. So eventually, uh, with the help of a few guys, and uh, we struck a deal the first year to uh, do some enhancements around the park, you know. Um, and so Coach Baller said, if you if you do these things, you sign this contract, I'll get the field ready for you, and you can, you know, use the field for X amount of days. And so at the second year came back and said, what can we do? So we did, as you noticed last year, the, the uh, locker rooms. And uh, then it kind of came a, 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 a passion, a work of passion. You know, we're both kind of uh, uh, type A personalities, perfectionists. And uh, so we go overboard at times. But we do it for the kids. We do it for the, you know, for the, uh, for the Legion. Um, but then it started to talk about a real project of getting American Legion a forever home field. And... Uh, so I was still dealing with the county council, the city council, and, and the mayor and different things about where can we go to because, I, you know, each year I have to do, you know, six to $8,000 worth of, you know, contractual things. To so he did, he did the press box. He did the you – know, Great br- upgrades, by he, the way. He brought in the hitting – he brought in the uh, clubhouse, and then they – he brought in his guys and he refinished the clubhouse. And, you know, those were kind of the projects we did um, – good those are kind of the projects we did leading up to this one so yeah so i mean there was a lot of projects that we did it ended up taking a lot of you know our time and my time and i went back to the city and said the kind of effort we're putting into it and they seen the passion they seen the work and but we were still looking for them to possibly hopefully do a field for us an actual off-site field not necessarily be here and then we figured out that you know that would be millions of dollars and we came up with an idea that if we could turf this field that we could both use it and not, you know, and use it and, and it wouldn't damage the field in the summer. The the overuse of, you know, anyone who has a baseball field understands or takes care of one understands what it takes to maintain one and uh, what the, the hard work it takes in the summer to, to, to keep it from being uh, destroyed, you know, by overuse. So that was the next step was like, all right, hey, if you're not going to, if we're not going to be able to find a place, we're not going to be able to do that, can we turf this field and, and kill two birds with one stone like we can have a beautiful facility we can work together it's already there the lights are there the irrigation um we only have legion basically in the summer and uh that was appealing to the county officials and so that became uh send along a read ahead uh and just became just a, an unbelievable amount of meetings and things that said this sounds like a possibility and the possibility turned into reality and you guys had to do that because from my understanding, you guys, Martinsburg doesn't own this facility. It's a county. Is it a county or city facility? <laughs> yeah, it depends who you ask. No, uh, the, the county owns it. They lease it to Martinsburg High School for you know for life. So, essentially, we uh, control it. We yeah, we take care of it, and uh, it it helped with you know getting money um, for Legion and and stuff like that because they already had a little skin in the game, so to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it, there was an opening in the door to see you know a crack in the door for me to continue to go in and speak with the county councilman. Like, when are you going to build this county field? When are you going to like what are we doing for these kids post grad? What what can we do for? Them? I mean, these kids want to go and play college baseball and they have no place to go once they leave their high school when they graduate or signed. I mean, at that point, then we have nothing for them. So there was this you know this talk about building a field, but then it was maintaining it and and and. And, you know, if you look at the Clearbrook or Frederick County, you know, and the, the hubs that they make, I mean, they're just – I wouldn't doubt to see that in this area soon. Um, 
because I think this will motivate some people. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know personally from being out in Loudoun County with Fireman's Field in Percival, mm-hmm. with that uh, they have that summer league team out there. So definitely takes a lot to get it get it done. But you guys were able to get it done. And uh, Nick, any questions? I was just going to ask, uh, I'm, you've made these upgrades so far. Are there any other future upgrades that you plan on making or want to make? Well, I, I just – we're uh, – Coach Bo Bartley's down there building the press box deck, and you got to give him a lot of credit for things he does around here too with Jambo Construction. And we were just down there talking and and made the comment, you know, why don't we sit and dwell on these projects or, or look at them and, and be so – you know, oh, wow, here's what – you know, we're doing such great things here. No, we're not about that. We're, we're about moving forward and looking at the next project because if you're not – you know, if, if what you did – you know, yesterday is still big today, then you haven't done much today, right? So, yeah, well, to answer your question, yeah, there's always a new project on the horizon. You know, we want to get this black topped. We want to, you know, bring in more fill dirt, level out the outfield. We want to get better bleachers. I mean, the to-do list, you know, they always give me a hard time because we have a to-do list in our in our locker room of everything that we want to do here. And uh, they always says, you know, it shrinks down and then it automatically grows back up. But, you know, we just, I told you this guy, you know, I told you this before, we just try to do the best for our kids and we want them to have the best. And this relationship has, you know, given that to the kids, not only our kids, but other kids that get to come in here and, and use the field in the summer. And, you know, we're thankful to all the organizations that gave money uh, for this project because we couldn't have ultimately done it without them. And you talk a little about the seeding. Uh, now you have new, uh, kind of like you're at a baseball stadium with new stadium seating. Uh, how did that come about? Where did it come from? And uh, kind of how did the ability to get that put in happen? Well, it's always been on the on the whiteboard, so to say. Um, so it's always been on the whiteboard. And uh, we, you know, I literally got a text message from Hagerstown Sons um, or a text message of the article that they were tearing down the stadium and they were having an auction. So I called our boosters and I said, hey, I have no idea what their seats are going to go for, but let's go to the auction. So we went up to the auction a year ago. Um, We told them, you know, hey, we want to buy as many as possible. They did it in auction format, so the highest bidder got to pick as many seats as they wanted, so we waited the entire auction. We needed 120 seats. We got down to 120 seats, and we got them for 20 bucks a seat, so it was a pretty good deal. And then they sat back here, and grass grew around them, and they faded and <laughs> until we could get money for uh, concrete to put them in. And, you know, thankful for the city. I think when the city got came on, uh, part of their agreement was to provide some money for the concrete to get the stadium seats in, so... Got the concrete, got the concrete down. Trip has a buddy that was in town that puts together playground equipment and stuff. Said we got him to stop in. He said he'd uh, be more in for us for a good deal. And you know, it's just everything. You got to kind of have a guy. You got to have a little bit of plan, and a little bit of luck. Um, so we've been fortunate with that. And how exactly did the turf come about? Because we know you had the turf partial last year. How did it go from? pitcher's mound and home plate area to the whole infield well it's all it's all about eliminating maintenance all right so when you're out here in the summer it's 100 degrees you know in the regular season it's not bad because i got seven coaches and they we each have a job and we take care of it. But in the summer it's kind of just me so it's always been about eliminating maintenance so that's why we had the the mound and the home plate turfed because that eliminates maintenance but it came about because trip you know it's always been an ideal on the whiteboard trip came to me and said hey if I get this field turfed, 
how long of a leash can I have? And I said, a long one. So, yeah, so it's it's more, it's more the credit's the trip and, and going out to these organizations. It it was just a dream of mine. He, you know, he kind of made it happen, and these organizations made it happen. I think you need to understand that every single dollar that was put into this is give, was given to the you know the, the American Legion baseball project. You know, for for us to have a forever field, and when you go in and, and you do a read ahead or or, or you do uh, you know you, a PowerPoint, the PowerPoint was at that time. You know, there were six EPAC teams that we were able to you know and still can you know under certain certain circumstances, but it was benefiting those kids, and we were. Um, you know, we needed a home to get these young men on the field in the summer, get them seen, and and uh, it, it make make it presentable for coaches, college coaches, people to come here. You know, we we wanted to build a program. Um, so every single the Berkeley County uh, Council, two hundred thousand; the Berkeley County Development Authority, seventy-five thousand; the City of Martinsburg, you know, fifty thousand; Jason Barrett, thirty thousand of his money, you know, ten thousand come from householders, six thousand from from uh, John Hardy, who's Stevens Painting. Um, you know, we went to the Randy Smith Foundation and sat with them about what the things that we needed and uh, what we were trying to do. But it was never here's some money for a baseball team trip. It was here's some money for an organization that is doing everything they can and with passion and persistence to get these young men to the next level you know an organization that cares that doesn't care that cares more about the kids than wins or losses that cares more about their future their education than than baseball and this is an avenue and we want them to play as long as they can we want them them to enjoy their youth covid happened a couple years ago and at that point i made up my mind that you know that we cheated the youth and i thought you know we owe them And, and that was one of the talking points at the meetings was that hey you know we were able to stay on the field because you were a county field. We were the only team that could play, and 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 that should show our our, our persistence and our passion to to do the best we can for this youth. And um, so they came through on that. And I think mm-hmm. it, I think to, to understand, but but the the empathetic part of me is knowing there's other six schools and and what they're up against. I mean. Cam Moore said in an interview the other day, said if there's one thing you can change about Washington Stadium, what would it be? He said we'd like to have a locker room. And there's modular setting up at Musselman every day that could be taken down there. Why aren't we doing that? Why isn't the county, the school board, grabbing one of those and taking it down there and following the lead? I mean, I hope this motivates so that those guys understand that this field got huge upgrades. And I understand that on the outside looking in, it can create some, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word jealousy, but hopefully it creates – hopefully this is a start of something big in the EPAC. Martinsburg's football field got turfed, and now we have how many, right? And and at that point, it was like, oh, Martinsburg gets everything. This was not about Martinsburg baseball. We, we, I, didn't, we didn't get – not a dime of that money went to Martinsburg baseball or Martinsburg High School. That's strict – all that money is straight to the Legion. So at that point, you know, we – continued to pick from six teams and continued and we're on a rate of about 90 plus percent of our young men going to college getting seen we're going to see trevor Bohr sign on wednesday we've seen a couple guys coming on here one's about to sign one signed and that was that was the avenue like you have to get these young men a place to play you have to show them that you care you have to show them that that you're invested in them you have to get them the education to come back and be assets to your community and show them that you know hopefully they'll give back we, I, you know, in my opinion, we're essentially a beneficiary because when Trip came to me six years ago and said, "Hey, we need a place for Legion to play," we were willing to do it. Now, granted, you know, there were some stipulations, and I was a little bit of a stickler, um, but I think because of us being willing to host them, ultimately, is is why we got what we got. We have a unique relationship. It's a baseball relationship. It's a 
it's a business relationship, and and then we also, you know, he understands my relationship with the other programs. So then there's there's the the EPAC where, you know, like I don't have a I don't pull for one or the other, of course. But I feel like this is certainly home, you know, and where you're loved is where you go. But I don't feel like I'm not, you know, I don't feel like we're not. Uh, uh, wanted other stadiums. I feel like Blue Sox was at Musselman, took up some time. You had uh, a couple of things going on at Spring Mills. You got Hedgesville that just had the Little League and the high school and, and fall ball. And it just didn't, there's just no room. It's just like he said, between luck and a, and a good fit and an, op- an opportunity. A lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. <laughs> and, and two guys that were able to work through, uh, which most people couldn't work through. You know, it, it it's, hasn't been easy to to both, you know, gather from this <laughs> and stay friends at times. Mm-hmm. I was going to go back to the seats for a second. Um, are those seats for boosters only, or are they for anybody? What no, they're, the... they're wide open right okay. now. Yeah, I think I think down the road we might, you know, do something where, you know, you can buy a seat. But for for right now, yeah, they're just wide open. It was having the scrimmage the other day. It was cool just to see them filled. You know, it just yeah. gives it that little different atmosphere. And it's just cool. It's it's you know, as a spectator, it's nice. You just show up. You don't have to, like bring your chair with you or anything like that. It, it just gives it you know a ballpark feel. You know, some people were like, ah, oh, you should put them all in the home side and this and that but my ocd wouldn't allow for that you know i wanted <laughs> one of the human uniformity of it all um so toughest guy I ever worked for <laughs> toughest guy all right trip you wanted me to ask this question nah maybe maybe you told me you wanted to Go talk ahead. about it. Uh, all right so we we've seen over the last month or two a news article rick kozlowski put out one uh there is now a new legion team within the county uh what do you want to talk about speak on well, the legion within I mean, the community. Yeah, there's another legion team, and I think that's uh, I, I think that's great in a sense. I think it remains to be seen. You know, is it a, a team, a program? I think that's up to them. You know, down there, I think it gives other kids opportunities to play. Um, you know, we can only carry 18 players. Um, uh, you know, legion's a little odd because if there's a player in your district, or uh, you know, it has a silver little league. Uh, district you know uh, area you can pick from and if someone wants to leave that area you know you have to release them or that type of thing so it's kind of like you know i don't like the fact that say someone from martinburg would want to go play someplace else they would have to ask me to do that you know i just i'm not big on that but um that's just the way the rules are um but a lot of people ask me about it and i think the newspaper article said you know uh it took pressure off me or that type of thing it, it doesn't affect me one bit honestly i mean I, i'm not going to stop doing what i'm doing i'm not going to stop caring for kids in their district i'm not going to stop doing everything i can if i don't care what uniform you wear during that period if they call me and say hey can you co- contact this coach or that coach or hey is there any way possible we can you know work out i mean i'll help them whatever i don't care where they play i really don't i know that i know that's that's a different animal for coach grove or coach baird or coach Baller or uh, Josh or these guys in Berkeley County, even DeSarno and John Lowry down there to um, you know to see because their job is to win high school games, but the Legion job is to give these guys an opportunity to get seen and move on and be challenged all summer long and be with good coaches that will that will prepare them for the future. And I'm not going to stop that. Um, I can't actually. You know, certain kids that are on that team. Um, that I've texted and said, hey, if you need anything at all, let me know. Parents, I mean, when you're around those baseball and EPAC as long as I've been around it and, and the stadiums and all the games I go to and you develop a relationship not only with the kids but the but their families, you know, they have to do what's best for their kids, and I respect that. Um, but it's not going to change me caring for 
you know, every kid on six EPAC teams are wanting to come here and do games with you. I come here because I want to see them. I come here and do radio, not because I want to. I could be sitting home in the in the booth at my TV in warmth watching this instead of being down at Washington or Jefferson or being out in the cold. But in order to get these young men on YouTube and get our summer, I mean, that's the deal we made. You come here and help us, we'll help you. And so, you know. It's about networking, helping each other out, and it's, and it's helping each other out for the youth, and that's what we're about. Any final thoughts on the upgrades to the field before we hit the No, I, I just need to thank everybody that obviously is on this list of giving money, but you got also have a lot of people like, you know, Tripp himself bringing out his crew and, you know, them working and, and you know. Sonny. Sonny Spurgeon and Phil Pitsnoggle and, you know, those guys were dropped everything at, you know, the blink of an eye to bring in Phil Dirt and to just work. And we couldn't, we couldn't do anything, we couldn't do any of these projects or have a great facility without the community and i think the community of martinsburg has just you know they're just phenomenal and the support that we get is just incredible and we're forever grateful all right let's step aside for our second break and when we come back trip will now be on the other side of things as he'll join us once again in the booth this year for our epac baseball broadcast so He'll be interviewing Byler. Some, he'll be asking him some tough questions <laughs> along with Nick and I. Segment sponsored in part by Arsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living at his family and an operator right here in Martinsburg. Go to at 360 Aquas and we go to Orsini's.com for more. Again, on the other side of this two-minute break, we'll uh, talk to head coach Aaron Byler and preview the upcoming season for the Martinsburg Bulldogs. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WR and RNTV 10 back in two minutes. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to the Brett Twig Hitting Facility here at P.O. Faulkner Park. As uh, now we're going to get you ready for EPAC baseball season. Unfortunately, uh, here's a softball question that you want. <laughs> uh, no game as originally scheduled on Wednesday with East Hardy. Yeah, we knew um, a week ago when East Hardy qualified for the regional that uh, if they won, we wouldn't be able to play them on Wednesday because obviously they'll be playing their state tournament basketball game. And you know, with smaller schools like that, you can't, you know, you can't play. They don't have enough players to play without their basketball kids. Nor would I want them to play us without yeah. their basketball kids. So uh, we did make a couple changes to the schedule. Um, now we're going to open up at Petersburg on Thursday, so we moved the Saturday game to Thursday. Thinking behind that was you want to play a game before Friday night in Hedgesville, uh, so we'll play Petersburg at Petersburg Thursday at 4:30, and then we'll we'll make the trip to Hedgesville on Friday night. Then you get the Saturday to practice. Yeah, work on what you need to get better for Monday, right? Exactly. Uh, going into this season, obviously we saw you last year fall once again in the regional tournament, but a sectional title. Again for your team and uh, losing a couple pieces, but bringing back some really good pieces. Yeah, I mean, every year, you know, I tell the kids all the time, like, if you're a good program, you're going to lose kids you know good kids and, and other kids are going to have to step into their shoes that haven't played before right because every you only can play nine kids so we have a lot of kids that haven't played because they were blocked by other kids but we have a lot of kids that have a lot of potential and it's it's their time so good programs kids step up you know whether it be when they're a junior or whether a lot of times it's when they're a senior you know you look at you know programs around the state you don't even know of kids until their senior year because they've been blocked but they accepted it they worked really really hard and they want to wear that uniform in our case the martinsburg m and they want to contribute when they get their shot so yeah to answer your question we lost a lot um but we're not going to use that as an excuse you know we're going to go out we're going to compete with the kids we have 
And we had, I told him the other day, too, that the expectation here is that you win. And that's our expectations, whether you're rebuilding or not, or whether you lost 210 innings of 200 inning, 240 innings pitched, which we did, which is a whole heck of a lot of your pitching, right? Um, or if we returned three guys that, you know, started last year, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's not an excuse. We're not going to use it as an excuse. And we're going to go out and compete our tails off every single night. That's where I was going to go, actually, was to the pitching. Uh, you returned Carson Buber and Michael Lupus as the – main guys that got those other innings last year. Who are you looking to to step up around them in the rotation this year? Well, obviously, you know, Carson's your Friday night guy, um, you know, but the thing with Carson is he's battled a little bit of arm trouble, so you got to make sure that we're taking it really easy on him. Uh, a guy I expect a lot of big things from um, is Owen Rubenthal, uh, so, uh, junior left-handed pitcher. I think he's got a good career ahead of him. Uh, got a sophomore, Braden Oviedo, who's going to throw. Got a freshman, Jameer Brown, who's going to throw. Got a sophomore, Christian Alter, who's going to throw. Uh, I'll throw the name Ben Risenweber at you right now. I think he's going to have a really, really good season on the mound. Um, he's going to be in the rotation. Uh, Coach Sarnecki tells me all the time that we need, you need two really, really good pitchers and seven decent pitchers if you want to make it to the Charleston. So that's our goal every single year. Well, we know you have all the faith in the world, Carson. <laughs> we have all the faith. It's lost a lot. I mean, you lost your, your, your basically your whole pitching rotation. You lost your DH. You lost your catcher. You lost uh, your shortstop. Your team leader. Who's who steps up this year as a leader? Do you think in the clubhouse? Have you seen anyone? I mean, it was it was no doubt last year that looking at dugout, the Hudson Clement set the tone. Yeah, well, and I think you've been in enough practices to kind of see me yelling a little bit about leadership and and the two guys we have here today, and Jordan Camby and Landon Siffert and uh, and Michael Lupus, who unfortunately can't be here. Today because of a, an appointment, but those guys have to lead, and, and I tell them every single day, like, you know, you have to lead. We have to have leadership on this team because we can be very skilled individuals, but if we don't lead and we don't have a little presence in that dugout, we're not going to be very good. So, I know that, you know, maybe it's it's not what they want to do. It's not what they've had to do. They've kind of just got to, you know, kind of just. It's a lot easier just to play as a sophomore or a junior when you don't have that to take that leadership role mm-hmm. um so they they have to uh they have to step up and they have to take that role and i expect that they will yeah yeah you see can be totally different uh, uh style of play from clement a very a quiet leader leads by example um this might be a little different tone to dug out that way sifford catcher this year's you know commands the defense going to lead mm-hmm. in, in that aspect so you know um you I, I think your team will look a little different yay, yay or nay you know as far as that goes yeah, it's going to be a little different, you know. I, th- I think Mike Lupus will, you know, hold down third base, and I think we got, you know, a, a mixture of kids um, in the rotation to play the middle. I think we're as deep. We're very, very young, mm-hmm. but I think we're super deep in the middle with, with four or five kids that could rotate through there. Um, first base, you're looking at Owen Rubenthal, and, and we're looking at moving Jameer Brown over there a little bit too when he pitches. And, and then the outfield, besides Jordan in center, I tell them there's, there's five guys six guys competing for the corners too so there's a whole lot of competition and right. and i think you're going to see that lineup change a lot 
um, every day. And ultimately what I tell them is the best nine hitters will, will play and we'll figure out a spot to put you. And that's kind of been our approach forever. And I, I think it's paid off. I know some people don't like it, uh, but sometimes you got to play out of position a little bit to get the best nine hitters on yeah. the field. That's what are some of the highlights on your schedule this year? Um, I mean, obviously your EPAC games. I don't think it, tell the kids all the time to enjoy all your Friday night games because, in my opinion, that's as good as it gets around here. You know, EPAC Friday night baseball is, is really good. Um, we enjoy when Honesdale, Pennsylvania comes down uh, for the weekend for the weekend game. Um, obviously Myrtle Beach, we're in the A bracket. Again, I told you this last year, you can look those teams up that we play. It's relatively the same teams. You're, you know, you're well, this year you get to play a team from the Mountain State. Yeah, we play Georgetown. We play uh, Shady Spring, who's you know a very good double A team, and then we play a uh, private academy out in New York. So you go ahead and take a peek at their roster once. <laughs> they got some dudes, man. So, but it's fun, and I I think our kids really stepped up to the challenge last year, and it might have been the best baseball we played um, all year. So we're looking forward to that. How uh, kind of follow up to that? From looking at the schedule, you guys get to play at the same place for the scheduled games. Yeah, they're How all at Georgetown. Do you think that that would help your team knowing you don't have to travel to different places all the time? It, I prefer it used to be like that before you guys came it it was like always set in stone so you played those three games at the same place and then post covid they went to moving it around which I kind of liked better. You know, cuz you like to go as a baseball yeah. guy you like to go to different fields and see what they got. All these ideas that we have we got them from other fields. You know what I mean. Yeah. You look at you look stadium at fe- seats down there. What, the first time we went down there, we went to wa- walk them all, and they had stadium seats. And I was like, you know, I told Bo, uh, Bo Bartley, assistant coach, I said, we gotta get these. We gotta we gotta make this happen. That was six years ago. So it took us six years to do it, but we made it happen. Yeah, it goes like this. Takes a picture, <laughs> sends it. This is what we need to do, everybody. <laughs> make it happen. When Not you look at your uh, lineup and. We mentioned losing Hudson and what he was able to do, broke the stolen base record last year. Uh, and you also lose quite a bit of power. Do you expect your team to rely more on its speed, especially with guys like Jordan and Landon toward the top of the lineup? Yeah, I think you have to, you know, we're probably going to hit Jordan leadoff and hopefully he can do the same thing that, that Hudson did. He gets on base, it's automatic double, depending on how many outs are. I mean, that's that's got to be, I've talked to Jordan about that. He's got to do that. Uh, Land's going to hit the top. You're going to have Carson Buber and, and Mike Lupus in the middle uh, for a little power. And, and then after that, you know, we're going to, figured out yeah, that it, it could it's wide open from in my opinion from that point uh down but yeah we have to use our speed be aggressive we have to bunt hit and run we're not we're not going to hit a lot of home runs we got to get on base and we got to play a little bit more what i like to call baseball this year you know we got to we're not just going to get on steal second steal third and hit a sack fly and score a run you know what i mean we got to or or morris isn't going to come up and hit a three run home run or edwards or so i think we have some home run power but that's not going to be our game before he asks you a hard question, I want to ask you a hard question. How do the teams in the EPAC, EPAC feel – we have to talk about Musselman's pitching staff. I mean, that's a team that in your EPAC, we can't even talk about Jefferson or Regionals or, or that uh, revenge factor there. But you have to get past – you know, you certainly have to get past a very – people looking past Hedgesville, senior-laden team, some guys with Tanner Matthews out there, Drew West, Elaine DeLauder coming up, that pitching staff. Then you have 
you know, Spring Mills down there who has some guys coming, some guys transferred in. But when you look at them also, I mean, you can't be an EPAC guy or a baseball guy to think not think that they would be the preseason number one. And they've taken you guys, and or you've taken them, vice versa, to the brink the last two years to just to get to Jefferson. Well, let me first say we're not we're not overlooking Hedgesville. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're not no. we're not overlooking Hedgesville. We're not overlooking Spring Mills, and we're not. You know, we have three goals. First goal is to win a section. Second goal is to win the region. Third goal is to win the state championship, right? Yeah, we. I mean, Musselman's really, really good. They've got a talented pitching staff. We're going to have to play clean. And, you know, you got to do little things to, to try and put some pressure on them just because, you know, just because on paper they might be better. You know, I can tell you every all 18 of our guys in the, our locker room don't believe they're better. Um, so our our mentality every year is we're the best team in the section. And, and that's that can't change. Um, that'll never change. Um, and as long as they believe it, we got a shot. So, yeah. But we're not we're not looking past anybody. We're not looking past Petersburg on Thursday. Um, I think the area. I think the section in the area right now is is pretty good. Um, I think the section's much improved from last year and even the year past. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got our work cut out for us, and and uh, it makes it hard too because in our section we got to play Friday night, right? Which I like. But then you turn around and you have to play Jefferson and Washington on Monday or Tuesday. Well, that's not really fair, right? Because they didn't play Friday night. They didn't play an EPAC meaningful game on Friday. So they're, we always face their number one, where our number one guy has to throw on Friday because you have to win the county game first. So I don't know. I guess that's an excuse, and we don't make excuses. We're just going to go compete like crazy. All right, here's the long-awaited question. So this is your sixth sixth year as head coach here at Martinsburg, but your fifth season due to that COVID season. Mm -hmm. What would uh, 2023 Aaron Byler tell 2017-18 Aaron Byler about uh, being a coach in the EPAC, what it's like to coach in the EPAC, and just kind of where you are then to where you are now, uh, like personally? To relax a little bit. Yeah, I'd probably have a few more friends if I wasn't so uptight and uh, heated on game day and wanted to win so bad, right? You know, you tell yourself, you know, everything I heard coming in is you play 32, ga- 32 meaningless games, right? It's hard for me to take those games and make them meaningless, quote-unquote. I want to win every single one of them. Um, and we've worked really, really hard here to do that. Um, but I guess, I don't know, to answer your question would just be to – it's okay to relax a little bit in March. You know, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, that first cold game at Petersburg. We don't I don't have to, you know, we don't have to win it by 15, and we don't have to, you know, if we lose Friday night at Hedgesville, at the end of the day, it's whether you win in the section, right? But so relax, I guess, a little bit. But I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't change a whole lot. I mean, you work hard every single day, whether it's your first year or your last year, and you. You come to practice, and you make your kids better, and you try to send kids to college. And, you you know, uh, the other day at the scrimmage, we had four or five former players in the dugout, right? That's that's what it's all about to me. When And those are first-year guys. So those were year one guys, year two guys coming back. That's what it's all about when, when those kids come back and, and want to be part of your program and, you know, hug you up and say, man, Coach, I, we miss it so much. We didn't know how good we had it. You know, thank you for all you've done. Uh, that's what it's all about. So as long as you're doing that, you don't change anything. All right, final one here. We saw this change in basketball uh, for the way that everything was being voted on within here, uh, within the EPAC. Is that that move from voting to 
overall head-to-head matchups. Has that changed in the EPAC for baseball? Not that I know of, no. But I, I don't. we don't have enough time to go off on that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the vote, but here's the other problem. If you look back on the last six years, not every EPAC game gets played. It's never happened. Not a single time has everybody played everybody. If you include the BOSAC, you know, include the whole region. So what do you do there? What happens when, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. And if we're going to go on winning percentage, then I'll just dodge teams, right? Oh, sorry, we can't play that day. You know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm just being honest. It's it's the reality of the situation. So I don't know what's right or wrong. I don't like the vote. I hate the vote. But if we're going to have the vote, at least let it go to the end of the season so you can try to get them all in, right? Yeah, that does make sense. I don't know. I think what you're saying is there's, the vote happened before some of the EPAC games are played. Yeah. That's the, what he's saying. Not, not yeah. necessarily where they canceled. The fact of the matter is that they're voting and then there's an EPAC game the day after. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I believe several, you guys after the vote, yeah, out. they don't mean yeah. anything. Right. So, like, let's—I don't know—but it's really hard to jam them all before that, too. It's just—I yeah. don't know if there's a good situation. I don't—I don't know what the best answer is. In my opinion, what I would do if I was in charge, you are mandated to play your sectional games. You have to play them. If you don't play them, you automatically are the four seed. You play those four games. You take your record. You take your head-to-head. That's one through four. You do the same thing in the other section. Whoever comes out, everybody votes, or you go off your record, and that's the one seat. You know what I mean? And maybe I'm. I think I opened up a can of worms. Yeah, we don't have time for (laughs) other. But but maybe I'm somebody like who's listening. But I have never figured out what the urgency was. Like, what's the urgency to be ahead? Like, what is the reason to set that schedule prior to? Like, what what is the reasoning? Well, let's let's question we can let's let's get off here so we can get these kids some air time. Gotta hit the break. Your segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll wrap things up with two Martinsburg baseball players, Landon Sifford and Jordan Canby, who are going to play in college as and talk about their upcoming senior seasons. You're tuned in to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Ten back in two minutes. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back here to P.O. Faulkner Park at the Brett Twig Hitting Facility. Spencer Buenick, Verzellini, happy to have you with us for this final segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call them at 304-263-4343. We're now joined by two members of the Martinsburg baseball team, Jordan Camby, Landon Sifford, seniors this year, uh, going on to play uh, at the next level after their senior season. Uh, why don't you start, and just, uh, start with Jordan and then go over to Landon, where you guys are going to play. Yeah, so I'm going to be playing position? at I'm going to be playing at uh, Potomac State College of West Virginia University. I'll be playing outfield there. Uh, so yeah. Um, I'll be going to Frederick Community College. I'll be a catcher there. So pretty excited. All right, let's get into your senior season here. Um, obviously, we talked about it in the first segment or the second segment today, all the upgrades made to the facility. How does it make you feel knowing you get to play in such a cool facility? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's just awesome just to see uh, just the full turf field and uh, the stadium scene. It really gives that, like, ballpark vibe. And uh, it's just cool to be a part of it. Uh, I was telling Coach Byler, like, we're just so, we're so blessed. We're so blessed to have everything that we have. Spoiled. So, very, <laughs> very spoiled. Um, I mean, I remember freshman year when we got the scoreboard, the Jumbotron, like I was like the only freshman at the 
uh, at the meeting, like with Jim Justice and everything, when we got it, like when we got the loan or whatever, or the grant, and I was like just pumped to see that. And now we have turf, and like it's it's unreal to see all it that. Is. Like if if you go in our locker room, it's it's unreal. Like we we're, we are spoiled. Like it's yeah. it's it's nuts. Yeah, very blessed. For both of you guys, uh, already having that commitment to college before your season, senior season, that kind of takes the pressure off. What are some goals for you guys individually and for the team this year? I think individually, um, I, I already in my, in my notes app, I, I read out some some goals that I wanted for this year. I wanted to see at least 30 bags. I wanted to bat at least uh, 400 this year with a uh, higher than a 500 on base percentage. Uh, I think as a team, I think as Coach was saying, uh, we want to win the section, and then we want to move on to win the regional, and then uh, win state as well so I think those are the three biggest goals as a team and uh, individually as well uh, oh, um, yeah same thing here uh, batting 400 I mean I haven't like I mean I've been here for this is my like third year starting on varsity so it's like a big spot and I've had it since sophomore year so like sophomore year had a had a pretty good year as a sophomore batted 300 last year it was a little, a little subpar from my own like my own like uh, my own goals that I wanted to have. So this year I'm I'm same way with him. Want to bat 400, get up there. I mean, want to do what I can. I mean, I just want to just want to put the ball in play. That's really about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, just the ability to uh, be able to bat in first this year. I think um, I'll definitely be able to steal some more bags this year. So yeah, I'm excited to bat one. For you, Landon, last year you were uh, much played much of the season as an outfielder. Came in, played some catcher uh, with. Uh, a senior in front of you last year how does it kind of feel this year knowing that you get to catch you know almost the whole season if not the whole season oh i'm pumped i mean i came into this i came in here i'm like as a freshman i'm like i'm a catcher and all of a sudden sophomore year he tells me hey we're gonna move the outfield i'm like all right i guess i'll do what i can and i just i, I mean i loved it for my sophomore year and then last year i still loved it i mean i love being on the field but i'm definitely back to be home Back to my home. And for you, outfielder, what's your favorite part about being an outfielder? Well, just being being in the outfield. I mean, you just get to dive around. You get to run around and make plays, throw people out. I mean, I've been playing outfield uh, since little league, so just to be able to carry that on into my high school career, and even next year at Potomac State, uh, it's just been a true blessing. And for Landon. Uh you mentioned wanting to play catcher, and, and was that part of the reason why you wanted to go to Frederick? Was the ability to play catcher, and also do you think your versatility of being able to play outfield will help you at the next level? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think, like, my speed, like, really helps me. Like, like I think that's, like, the biggest thing I've gotten from, like, outfield. Like, I'm pretty fast for a catcher. Um, uh, he Like, when I talked to Coach Bennett at Frederick, like, he just said, like, he's like, I want you I want you behind the plate. Like, I've seen you defensively. He's like, I, I think you're a good spot there. He, he was, like, he barely even knew I played outfield, like, because he looked at me, like, my Legion stuff, because I, I, I barely played outfield Legion season. So, um, I caught a lot there, and so he, he was pretty pumped to see me behind the plate, so. How do you help to, I guess, help your pitching staff this year since we mentioned it's a pretty young group besides uh, Michael and Carson coming back? Um, Just, like, ask what they're, like, what they're comfortable up there, like what they need to see from me, like behind the plate. Do I need to keep the target up? Do I need to like drop it down so they can see like the lower target and everything like that? Um, I mean, I talked to the freshman, uh, Jameer Brown. I was like, hey, like, I'm like, do you need to see this? Like, when I like, do you want to see the target when you come up? I, I like the little experiment, like in the scrimmage, inner squad, and stuff like that. I'm like, you pitched better when I had the target up. He's like, yeah, I want that. So I think just little things like that that I, I think that helped him a lot. 
All right, what are you, uh, we're kind of running short on time here. What are you guys most excited for about this season? Going back down to Myrtle Beach, obviously, but what what's the overall thing that you're most excited about about the season? Well, this year, I uh, definitely, definitely want to be Jefferson. Definitely want to be Jefferson. Uh, we love all of our EPAC games. I uh, love all that we played Legion with them as well, me and Landon both. So we love everybody in the EPAC. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, we gotta we gotta beat them. That's our one goal. Um, and going down to Myrtle Beach is always awesome. Uh, just that atmosphere at the beach, and we play really high quality teams as well. I think it's good to see all the different types of teams, whether they're going to play a Division One ball or even uh, last year was a couple of MLB prospects down there as well. So just to see that uh, type of performance that they were putting on and seeing that as a team, even with the young guys that we got now, they see that now and in their senior year. I mean, they're prepared and ready for it. So yeah, I'm excited this year. Yeah, I think the diversity that we'll see this year, like we played Allegheny a scrimmage Saturday, and they were pretty solid, and we see them later this season. Same with uh, Clear Spring that won the state cha- the single-A state championship for Maryland. So I think that diversity is going to be really good to see. All right, well, that'll wrap things up for us here. Uh, for our intern, Gerald Wright, for Trip Tobin, Aaron Byler, Landon Siffert, Jordan Camby, Colin McLaughlin back in the studio, Nick Verzlini, I'm Spencer Please saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow on another edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg as well as TV10. Have a great rest of your day, everyone.